go first, Brian. You're more professional. I'm more professional? Yeah, oh yeah. You've got way more podcasts going. Now she just kills them. Uh, this is Damien Reinhardt, and you're listening to Apostasy Now with Mr. Dragonbeard. Right on. I, uh, I blog at Skeptic Inc., skepticinc.com slash background probability. And if you Google for the Oklahoma Atheists Godcast, that's our podcast that we have here. Um, you can find me at uh, apartmentj.com. Um, YouTube channel is the same name. We're doing our podcast live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. now, and then I pull the audio, and I'll put that up on the website eventually. We actually, people can be in the chat room and bullshit with us and ask questions and I can make fun of you for saying stupid things in the chat so so this is like a professional introduction for apostasy now that's what you're listening to because it's professional and shit beat that <laughs> that introduction had a fucking tie on it I mean, if you're funny or clever and probably not a republican I'll probably let you on the show You're listening to Apostasy Now with Mr. Dragonbeard. I can't put my name on that bullshit. This is Mr. Dragonbeard telling you you're listening to Apostasy Now with me. I've got my thumb up my ass. Good talking to you both. It was good to see you again, Brian. Yes, I mean. You guys have a great one. All right, see you later. (laughs) So they say that Gamergate is just a bunch of angry white males. Welcome back to Apostasy Now. We are on Charlie Team. Welcome to guests at Queenie Martha, at Just Lauren B., at GM Shivers, at Ambrosia X. Four women that have strong minds, strong opinions, and something to say about how we all play video games and relate to one another in general. You look good in a dress. You would have looked better. Because I'm very much a skeptic. More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. That attitude is what is responsible for the rise of atheism. That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith? With a death penalty. Thank you. For people to get the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping. Get ready to root for the bad guys. Because with the evidence, only evidence. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, Jen with us, Jennifer, who is also uh, known as GM Shivers. And we are going to connect. Uh, oh, Lauren? Yeah, here we go. Ah, there we are. Hi. Hi. What is uh, going on? 
Let's see if I can contact Queenie. And then we'll have everybody, which will be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that almost never happens. Uh, I want to thank you all for for calling in and for uh, being on the show. Uh, I, I'm assuming that most of you are not really familiar with apostasy now, so uh, especially I've... especially appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what we specialize in basically is getting guests on who independent thought uh, people who are skeptical of uh, basically of trends or things that are basically expected of us to fall in line. Uh, I've I've called it an anti-ideology podcast. <laughs> uh, so why don't we get started by uh, just uh, maybe introduce yourself, and then we'll get into uh, talking about. Uh, we'll just start at the beginning how you guys became you know aware of GamerGate and involved in the discussion when The Verge particularly started um, writing articles about it. That's when I started paying attention because I'm not a gamer right now, so the indie developers and even the gaming journals, I'm just not really familiar with them. So although I knew what was going on when that started happening originally, Zoe Quinn, um, it just wasn't, it wasn't something I knew much about, but watching what was happening and then how the larger media outlets started reporting on it, that's when I started to take notice because of what they were writing and, and how they were trying to portray what was going on. Yeah. So I just kind of kind of slowly came across in bits and pieces. Pretty much, I mean, um, you know, from I mean, a lot of the people that I follow and follow me are gamers, so I sort of, uh, you know, knew. I mean, tried to figure out what was going on initially, how GamerGate started. So I, I knew bits and pieces of that, and and from what I saw and and what was going on, and then how it started getting bigger and how bigger media was, was reporting it. That's and my opinion that they weren't that the, the, the media outlets were putting a particular slant on it yeah just the whole reason why gamergate started to begin with was was uh about journalism and how things are being re represented and are things fair so it just became more of a it became something i was interested in because it was a larger scale for me it was it was in my opinion um i think it speaks to a problem with all of journalism and something that goes on in a lot of areas and it's not just the gaming world. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, we'll go to maybe Jen next. Uh, yeah. I kind of, I was there for like the, like way before even some of the stuff happened. Um, I've been noticing a trend in the industry for the past couple of years and even before that, but it's just, I didn't really engage much. I was kind of a hermit dev, but um I just noticed that, like, if you did, uh, if you made a good game that was not as important as, like, other social things that had happened to you, like, if you're, if you're female, it's just like, so, who are you and how did you get harassed today? It's not like, who are you and what, what good things you have done? And this is just kind of like, it boiled over into, like, now we're talking about the media flat out attacking the consumer base that built games for for being misogynist or whatever again when it's just like well no you put up these people who uh, haven't really done that much you know to merit the attention but you put them up as these like you know um leading women in games and it's just like 
well, what have they done? And you're like, how dare you question, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, well, you should always question why somebody is being put into the spotlight. I mean, we do that with, and that's not, it's not like we don't do that with men. Like if there's a man who's being pushed into the spotlight and he's not very good, you know, he doesn't get any protection. <laughs> he's clearly part of the old boys club in their minds. So it's just, it's ridiculous stuff. And I, I, tried to kind of stay back because i am a developer but when the the gamers are dead articles all dropped at once i was like no i can't this is not a good time to be quiet you know the future of the industry is at stake here if they if they break consumer trust so i can't let that go yeah something you yeah something you particularly are passionate about okay yeah um and uh uh queenie are you there yeah, hello. Ah, welcome to the call. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry for being fashionably late as always. <laughs> but yeah, I, I entered and I heard Jenny first speaking and I, you know, I agree with everything she she has said. I think that, you know, developers like Jennifer and any other developer that has speed up, I, speaked up about this have been really, really brave. You know, and it's not something to just take for granted. I think that it's truly appreciated that they speak up and give us their insight and what they have experienced as well in this industry that slowly but surely starts focusing or, you know, in this like feminist ideals, you know, and extreme feminist ideals because yeah. I feel like not all feminists are like this. But, you know, this extremist of privileged, I would say, feminists who undermine somebody else's work because they don't portray their agenda and whatnot. It's slowly, you know, taking over in different areas. And now gaming, because gaming has grown a lot through the years. It's such a big community. It's such a big industry itself. And there's a lot of money. So I think that the, there's the cash for them. And, you know, it's really appreciated that the developers speak up about it. Yeah. Um, uh, Lauren, do you want to tell us, uh, you know, uh, how you uh, came across this and why you decided to start the getting involved in the conversation? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, at the time Gamergate started um, online, I was unemployed. So I was spending a lot of time on Twitter. And, I mean, I still do, but... Um, I was doing mostly uh, stuff within Women Against Feminism. And when I heard the story and I saw the people who were, you know, speaking out or basically the anti-Gamergate side, um, it, it just kind of clicked that these are all feminists and they are, well, most of them, um, and they are trying to push their ideology into gaming um, so that really is what struck the chord with me. I've been a gamer for just about my entire life. So, you know, it, it's something that I care about. Yeah. And, and so this, I, you know. this is the same type of, of story that I, I was kind of expecting in to some degree, it would be this, this story of, I came across it this, this particular way, but the common thread would be, uh, I was seeing a lot of, uh, bullshit and it's something that matters. So yeah, that's that's how we're drawn into these things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so today's group. Uh, first of all, I've I've had two other groups uh, on the show. Uh, I called them Team Alpha and Bravo Team. So you guys are Charlie. 
um, and I thought it would be nice to have uh, a group of ladies talking about this because one of the accusations that's constantly made by, I guess, what we call the anti-Gamergate side or the extreme feminists is that essentially it's a bunch of men. Usually they add straight, cisgender, white males. Um, of is course, this... they're completely ignoring the group. <laughs> they're saying it's a misogynist movement and they're ignoring the, the women who are being vocal. <laughs> it's completely ignoring them that they exist, you know. And so who, who is the one that's not listening to the women? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of... And why it's not so obvious to more people what's going on. I mean, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to believe that there's actually people who really think that it's the gamers. It's just a bunch of white male gamers that got together and decided to harass some, some women. You have to be either completely not watching what's actually going on and just taking tiny pieces of information from a select group of individuals or, you know, th that's the only way I could understand how people can think that that's what it actually is. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think this is a case of the squeaky wheel getting the grease. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it has never about been about misogyny. It has never been about getting women out of gaming, um, you know, but yet that's what they go to. They, they still bang this drum and right. it's just not true. Yeah. I mean, even when. So when this started with Zoe Quinn and whether and you know, the allegations were that she had relations with journalists, even if people thought that her ex was being totally vindictive and really didn't have good intentions with putting this information out. Fact is, once this information is out there, people are going to question, is this going on? Are there questionable relationships between developers and journalists? That's a legitimate question to ask when this information is presented there. So, so trying to define it as misogyny because it sort of started with Zoe Quinn ignores the fact that there, there is something out there that obviously the gaming world, people who play games, people who are reading these journals are going to question, is what's going on fair? Do all developers have a fair shot? Or do you have to have some sort of relationship with journalists in order to get your game reviewed? So, um, and plus the fact that she was alleged to have relationships with male journalists, so obviously males were implicated in it as well. So how the whole, how to, to put the spin on it, that it was somehow an attack on women just because Zoe was involved when you had all these male journalists involved, it just, it really just didn't make sense. It obviously is trying to put the spin on it to, for people who already have this idea in their head that women are excluded from these type of industries and, and that's what they want to keep running with. It's really whatever fits their narrative, in my yeah. opinion, because whenever it came like the situation of Aaron and, and, and his Tumblr post and whatnot, you know, it didn't surprise me because, you know, if you are involved in that side of... Um, Tumblr, which I have a parody Tumblr that people take really seriously, by the way, <laughs> but I made a parody Tumblr completely different from my Tumblr for my YouTube channel, right? And I started getting involved into that world. And it's not surprising this type of post where people talk about their relationships in a way of trashing the other. Right. But the interesting part of this is that because Aaron is a man, 
and is trashing a woman, that it's look like shaming, that it's look like wrong, that it's horrible, that's misogynistic. But there's thousands and thousands of Tumblr posts of women trashing their boyfriends in similar or even worse uh, cases. There's websites for it. Yeah, there's websites <laughs> as well. And those are encouraged. Those are seem like empowerment. Those are seem like, oh, you go, girl. That's great. Hey. Like, no, 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 no. Right. I personally think that, okay, like, honestly, I don't care about their relationship or, or whatever else. Me, personally, because that's their, I am the type of people who, you know, like, I break up with somebody and I try to keep it between me and my friends and I don't try to involve an audience in a war that it's yeah. not, it's pointless, right? I, it's my relationship. It's some, it, it should be something that is for myself and for my partner. And if things go horribly wrong, you know, I have myself and I have maybe some friends to discuss it, but never a public audience. Like I can just imagine myself because last year, right, I had a breakup with a YouTuber and you know it was really horrible because everybody knew we were in a relationship everybody knew what was the end goal and when we broke up a lot of people were like what happened why what 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 was the deal and you know i kept it civil i was like i'm not gonna trash the guy but obviously like that's because that's my relationship that nobody else should be in the middle of it you know and i think that that's the best way to deal with things th these things in this type of community that was the situation and as i said like it's it's that double standard of i can do it we can do it but you can't and don't you dare do it because if you do you're misogynist if you challenge any of my double standards any of my hypocrisies any any of that you're misogynistic and you should just shut up because you're oppressing me you know yeah. and that has been pretty much the anti-gamergate flag all around you know so little, it seems like so little desire to open it up to you know when people bring up concerns that are serious about uh, what was just being discussed about journalism and its relationship, what type of relationship uh, these people are having with people within the game development side of the industry. Uh, you would think that the, if they were really concerned rather than saying, you know, you're a bunch of misogynists and racists, they'd say, absolutely, let's open it up. Let's have some transparency here because we think that we'll stand up well under the light. Um, but instead you get the opposite reaction, which is let's, uh, what I like to say is cloak yourself in the white robes of virtue. And if anyone attacks <laughs> your behavior, just show them the robes. Yeah. The, the thing is, is like my, most of us who, I don't, I don't want to say like high profile, but, um, uh, most people who could pull in a lot of people were not concerned with the whole thing until there was like this until basically consumers were like, hey, is this actually going on? And it was like, shut up, shitlords, you're all dead. You know, it was it's like most of us were, were like, oh, okay, this is some internet drama. But then, like, they started attacking the audience or even questioning it, which was like, whoa, what's going on? Yes. And usually when you see something like that, it means somebody is doing something and they're rushing out to defend them before, you know, it keeps going down the line. And as we've seen things come out, I mean... It may not have been that person doing it, but there's certainly something going on. Otherwise, you know, why would you just, like, freak out and just be, like, yeah. and double down? And you could just be like, 
no, this is not what's happening, blah, 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 it's over. And they didn't, they just, like, doubled down. They're like, oh, sexism. This is about yeah, sex, and this like, is about yeah. sex. You yeah, hate the, sex. You know, just had this obnoxious sort of stance to it. Like, they can just squash this conversation because they have the power. That's right. That's what it looked like to me, and... It didn't work, <laughs> you know, people, you know, the, the community, the gaming community, I mean, it's just a lot of smart people who check facts and they understand that they don't have the media behind them, but they don't need it and figured out ways to fight back. And I don't think some of these media outlets expected that. I think they thought they can just shut it down if they put the certain narrative on it and it didn't work out that way. <laughs> right. Speaking of controlling the narrative, uh, were any of you or people that you uh, associate with or are close to online, were any of you uh, affected by any of the attempts, the phases of trying to silence and shut down the conversation? The conversation on, uh, uh, for instance, recently, uh, the connections being made on Twitter to certain people being uh, have suspended after Wham came into a position of influence. Whether or not that's true, there seems to be a, uh, a track record of trying to shut these things down. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I know. I know a lot of people who were suspended, but um, I don't know. I don't know how much Wham had an influence with that. But you know, there's there's been. I mean, throughout my Twitter sort of experience, there have been. It seems like it goes. Uh, you know, there, there's a period of time where Twitter changes some sort of rule and they start suspending a bunch of accounts. Then you know they change the rules and allow the accounts back. And what's going on behind the scenes or, or how it's happening is is you know, is, is a question, but yeah, this, these sort of mass suspensions sort of happen periodically, usually when there's something sort of brewing and people are, uh, alleging harassment from whatever group, you know, um, there was, uh, I mean, back was, what was it like a year ago or two years ago, um, Criado Perez, um, English feminist, and she's trying to get a, a woman on one of the, um, currency, and I don't know if you oh, guys yes. know this. Yep. Yeah. And so when she, and, and she, she did get a lot of harassing messages and that sort of started, um, people clamored mm -hmm. for a better way to report harassment and that sort of, uh, you know, sort of shut down accounts for a little while. But so these things pop up periodically, but usually it's, it's something bubbles up and, but, uh, but a lot of the accounts that have spent it, it's not, it's, it's how they're doing it or what they judge it on. If it's just reports of harassment and, and Twitter doesn't have time, I think, to look into it. So they suspend first and then, oh, we, we made a mistake here. And then they let the, they reinstate the accounts, but it's sort of like, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of it's running algorithms and, and simple sending reports. And, but a lot of the accounts came back that were suspended. So it is, it is like that, but it's really like strange because before Gamergate, like I knew of two instances really different. The first is that one of my friends uh, on YouTube was being legit harassed, like sent death threats and things like that by a guy, you know, and, and she was lesbian and the guy's freaking insane, right? So like the guy was constantly harassing her, constantly sending her horrible shit. And, you know, at, at some point after reporting and reporting and reporting, nothing being done, she got fed up and she spoke about it. And she spoke about it on her YouTube and she spoke about it on, on Twitter. And Twitter suspended her. And really? I was like, yeah. Yeah. what? Yeah. So strange. And, like, 
you know, and then I've known instances when it's done to me where it's like, you know, there's obviously these conflicts between YouTubers that are so ridiculous. And then one sends the audience to another. It's like this war zone. And like, I was reporting the guy because he was saying nonsense and nothing ever happened. So he was basically slandering me and slandering what I said. So his audience would attack me and nothing ever happened. Yeah. And I was like, well, whatever, you know, I didn't, I didn't care. I didn't want him gone. I was just wanted to report it and nothing happened. Well, whatever. But like, you see the other situation and it's like, are you serious? Shall we play a game? Oh. <laughs> I think I missed him. Yeah, weird, isn't it? <sighs> Love to. How about global thermonuclear? so twitter really has to like work it out with their rules for real like i feel like they have this huge hole right and it's obvious and and at this point it's like if they don't do something i don't know what's gonna happen but it's just so yeah it seems to be based more on on the number of reports it seems that mass reporting is what gets people suspended so people you know sort of uh collaborate to let's take down these certain accounts they all report that account so twitter gets a bunch of reports and they suspend it and if you're a single person that's not making trying to uh, put a spotlight on the harassment you are legitimately receiving from somebody you have a hard time getting the person who's actually harassing you suspended because it's not a group effort so i think that that's what's happening and you know twitter needs to figure something out where it's not just the number of reports, but some way, and I understand they must have, you know, there's a lot of information coming to them and trying to sort through those manually and, and read the tweets and what's going on. You know, it, it's, it's a difficult task to do, but um, you know, the, the sort of mass suspensions, obviously that's, that's not a solution. You know, they're not, they're spending accounts that don't rightfully deserve to be suspended and they wind up letting them back on because the suspension wasn't wasn't valid. There wasn't a just cause for it, so. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna drive a lot of their customer base away. Um, unfortunately, you know, the, the WAM tool is now not being used anymore, uh, but if they had continued down that road, you would have seen a lot of people leaving. Um, oh, absolutely. We come here because we have free speech, because we can say the things that we want to say and, you know, not get a backlash for it, you know. But then there's the other side of the coin. If you're talking about harassment, well, what does harassment really mean? Right. You know, people are getting their feelings hurt because someone disagrees with them. And somehow now that's harassment. Right. You know. They they really need to define what they consider to be harassment because there's things that people say to me that just they don't bother me. Maybe I'm just that kind of person, but you know I think a lot more people need to get a thicker skin because yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah disagreement is not harassment. And a lot of people I'll watch these conversations happen and you know, and somebody claims they're being harassed. And like you said, it's just somebody disagreeing with them, or maybe they even said something inflammatory, but that's still not harassment. Just because somebody said something that you find offensive or don't like, that's not harassment. So, you know, but like you said, Twitter doesn't really have um, clear rules on on what is harassment and, and what's in violation of their terms of service. It's sort of fuzzy. And 
So you don't know what's going to happen and, and what might get you suspended. Yeah, uh, you know, my thought on Twitter is also that it's a cost issue to, like we're talking about, harassment is usually not a whole whack of people complaining about someone's behavior. It's usually much smaller scale, and they probably don't want to have to pay a whole team of people to investigate people's accounts and messages. They probably just want an easy system. Right. Yeah, yeah generally most systems resort to elevation. Um, so... Things are a problem when they become visible, and that's the unfortunate part of being a big company. Um, I I really prefer to work in small groups and, and small spaces because you get to this point where, I mean, look at look at anything that you're like, oh, well, you know, you have to get this many people reporting for people to notice it. It's like, well, unfortunately, that is true because um, it's just like there's so many things. You're They're probably getting, you know, hundreds of thousands of bullshit reports every day, let alone, you know, actual ones. Those get buried without other people making them visible. I mean, that's basically what happened with Gamergate, too. I mean, like, they, we had... Or, Gary had to prove that there were enough of them because we were like, ah, oh, it's 300 basement dwelling nerds, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, no. And, and the, the funny thing is, is um, I actually, well, part of my job is like analytics, right? Like I have to look at data and interpret what it means. And when somebody said that it was only 300 people, I like, I, I did some research myself and I'm like, no, it's probably, you know, 20,000 active, 150,000 sympathetic. And if you think you can just ignore that, and, and this is, this is before they hit the mainstream news. So I would say it's much, much higher than that now because people are like, Hey, you know, people who didn't care to begin with about video games and stuff like that were just like, well, whatever video game drama. I don't like that. Anyway, but people who were like, this doesn't sound right. Th this doesn't make sense. You know, now those people are suddenly aware. And I would say that, you know, I don't want to overestimate it, but I'd say we have like, you know, six to seven figures worth of people who are sympathetic. And like, they made a, they keep making these huge mistakes where they, they make, they make this more visible, um, without us having to really do anything. Right. I, so, I just, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to self-promote or anything, but I mean, if you look at my situation, um there have been a tidal wave of developers who have been like who saw what happened and they're like I can't I can't I they they made it so I can't be neutral anymore. I can't just sit here. They're like this is really unfair. They're like cuz uh, they went after Jason who you know, he Jason's a very ethical guy, and he believes in consumer rights and all of those things, but he also prefers to just sit in his room and make video games and not talk to people, so he wasn't really involved. And they basically put him on a hit list of people to not let into the industry, and I'm just like, that. they forced him into it. And yeah. they've done that with a lot of people now. A lot of people have messaged me saying, this is garbage, you know, so... When you have large groups of people, you're always going to get that visibility problem. The visibility is always going to be a factor. It's a factor in everything. It's a factor in voting. It's just, it's an unfortunate, you know, side effect of, of democratic type spaces. You know, you have to, you have to get enough people to see something before anything gets done about it. What's amazing to me about the whole Gamergate thing is like, there are a lot of people and they're still trying to be, you know, uh, they're trying to be the oligarchy, and it's not going to happen. It's going to it's going to end. I mean, 
people are like, why haven't they buckled yet? I mean, they're, the guy who made Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, it took him, like, five months and, and losing $8 million before he woke up. So, you know, you, you guys still might have a couple months to go. But, I mean, we'll see when the Q4 financials come out how just how visible things are, right? But the... The thing that I think that first really struck me about the whole thing was just when someone pointed out that this was a group of people turning on their own base um, right. and making these types of accusations, wild accusations. Uh, and you know what? I was uh, I, I consider myself a gamer, uh, though over the last few years, my amount of time I've been able to play has been greatly reduced uh, as a truck driver. But I love games. I always have. And even I was guilty of always kind of making the joke, only half serious, about the guy in the basement uh, who, you know, in the middle of uh, being online with a shooter game with his friends, suddenly is talking to his mom about a sandwich or something, I think is the uh, is the stereotype. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're not, I mean, you know, when, when Sam Biddle, for example, from, from Gawker Media, you know, put that tweet about bullying nerds, I mean, that's the audience that, that's his audience are, are tech people. I mean, he was the editor for Valleywag, which wrote about news and gossip and, and technology. So he was making fun of his audience. And, and, as, and, and this is at when Gamergate was really starting to, to amp up. And you're basically telling these people that they're a joke. <laughs> and this is your audience. So, yeah. you know, that was, I mean, we all make silly jokes, but we're not journalists, number one, who, who are public figures and the audience expects a, a amount of fairness in what they write and, and attacking your, the, your, your own audience. It's like, what are you doing? And then Gawker Media, instead of saying, we're sorry he said this, we don't support this. You know, there was that, that um, email that was sent out that was posted online, I guess, from uh, one of the senior directors or something, editorial directors at Gawker Media, saying people are trying to conflate what we write in our tweets to, to our, our journalism and as though, as though the audience is being ridiculous for, for having a problem with that and for, for having a problem with what Sam is, is tweeting, you know, and almost like the, these trying to say people were just being silly about it and ridiculous. So even more offending the audience that they write for. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> proving, he's that, up, proving he's out of touch, apparently. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think the big problem and the difference to make out of this is not, not only that they have to keep themselves professionals, which they obviously don't know how to do that, but just the fact that, you know, we all joke around and that's fine. And you can joke and make jokes, but that was not a joke. Right. That was made in a serious tone because you're you're getting your job questioned. So it wasn't a joke, it was serious. And then over that, people are like, yeah, it's true. And and that's that was the problem. When you make the steer like we all joke about stereotypes about Mexicans. I do it myself. You know, I like I started posting, you know, on on Twitter, you know, like oh the the police are going to my house right now in burritos and donkeys and things like that. <laughs> like you know, and, and I was joking about that cuz I'm Mexican, I don't care, but I joke about it with my friends as well. You know, and, and it's a joke. But I don't say it seriously. Right. That's the difference. Yeah, he was here, definitely. You know? I mean, do I think he really thinks nerds should be bullied? No. But he was mocking. He was mocking the audience, and, yeah. and that was clear. You know, and that's obviously a problem. So, but like you said, they're just you know, the, the 
seemed like the media was just kept sticking <laughs> their feet in their mouth. And it's just, you know, and it's yeah. and proving the point that everybody was trying to say all along. And then you have the same, you know, Vox Media, Verge and Polygon. And you see these same types of articles with these same slants being written in, in, in these journals owned by the same media company. You're yeah. like, the, the, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's why. Why, why do the same six people work for like a hundred websites? Like, what is this? Like, you write for The Verge and you write for the, the New Yorker, you write for Polygon, Kotaku, Gama Sutra. Like, does nobody see the problem with right. that? Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, a, it's bizarre, you know, and the, the problem of, uh, well, for anyone who likes to challenge the term that a lot of us use is being skeptical, uh, when something comes your way, and it sounds like it's significant. I like to occasionally look into the background where the claim comes from. And right. I, I have found that there's a common thing. Uh, the worst one, for some reason, with me is Jezebel. It's like in the last year, at least three times, I've had someone put an article up on Facebook. And when I look into the background, like twice, I'm pretty sure it didn't have. It was just they were citing someone's blog. With oh, no, yeah. nothing Isabel more. It's just it's awful. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's you can't tell people not to make observations, and that's what they want. They want you to not make observations, and like you know, a lot of people make this mistake where they just tell you know children that that um you shouldn't make those kinds of observations. You you shouldn't you shouldn't notice things and point them out, and it's like. All that does when you tell anyone, let alone someone who's not even fully developed, you know, not to question something, they're going to question it. They're going to question it yeah. more because you told them not to. We're very defiant little meatbags, you know, so <laughs> you just you do not. The best way to resolve a situation is it doesn't matter if you're talking to the most horrible, bad, misogynist, whatever. If you actually listen to those people and understand where they're coming from you're more likely to change their mind, but they don't want to change their mind. They want a, they want a monster to fight. So they've actually created yeah. the monster by behaving that way. Yeah. You demonize your enemies. Right. Uh, stereotype them, demonize them, and uh, make sure you always have the fight. Because what, what do you have once you've fought for years against a, an enemy you perceive and then suddenly realize that, that you've basically broken them? Right. And and there was a saying that I used to have, which is, you know, don't make a bigot out of somebody who's not used to it. Because, like, people who are actually, you know, like, racist or sexist, they don't care. They will, they're just like, ah, you know, women are all whores or whatever. Like, they, like, they just don't care. They don't care what you think. They're going to keep doing that. You know, but if you take somebody who is just a modest person who believes themselves to be a good person and you start calling them names, they will do one of two things, which is, you know, they will get very angry and they will not know how to handle it. They won't they will just lose their mind or they will take, you know, the the path of least resistance and just become beaten down and go along with what you want. But they will never truly be okay with it and at the first you know at the first ability to do so they will jump ship and you know i find a lot of these people who are like i'm against sexism i'm against this that are going along with you know people basically calling men all disgusting and things like that you know they're they're there because it's almost like an elevated form of projection where it's like the only people who would accept that all men are misogynist, sexist people is someone who actually feels like they are. Like they, the only person who would accept that would 
and I've noticed that, like, a lot of the guys who are like, yeah, men are terrible. They're terrible. Right. They're terrible people. I really... Well, they're saying that, and, you know, a woman says something to them, and they'll tell... I mean, I've had that, and men tell... No, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. And I, apparently, I'm I, I'm against you know I'm against myself. I'm against yeah. I'm like, and and, <laughs> and since when do people not do things in their own self interest? Like that's like it's a yeah the, the whole um internalized misogyny thing. The like some of the men on that on I hate to be like sides and everything, but some of the men like the most sexism I have received in the past like six months has all and and like if I look at the last like three to six months versus the last 11 years of my career, every single horrible sexist thing I've ever heard has come out of anti-gamer Kate's house. Like, yeah, it's weird. You know, it's that, I'm sure you've seen, it's social justice warrior, which in that term kind of, now I think there's a bigger spotlight on it and more people are aware of, of what we're talking about. But these social justice warriors, they, they claim to fight for, you know, fight for justice for all. But really, it's 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 a very egocentric point of view. It's always something that personally affects them yeah. and they don't listen to what other people have to say. So instead of trying to build bridges of understanding, they just want to tell the people who they think are horrible you're horrible. You need to stop doing whatever you're doing, and that's wrong, you know? And um, even if there's any validity behind, even if there's a sliver of validity behind what they're saying, if you just tell people, you can't do that, that's wrong, and don't try to have dialogue with them, people are not going to listen to what you say. So there's resistance, and then, you know, it just sort of magnifies these these ideas that people have in their head about sexism or whatever preconceived notions they have about gender differences and and now everybody is sexist you know you have men saying all men are sexist well i guess except for the man that's saying it, you know so it's just <laughs> and it just becomes uh, there's just uh there's no solutions there's there's no solutions to be had it's just arguing over 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 points which a lot aren't true and there there's not it's not to this it's not to the scope that they're saying it is of course sexism exists but not everybody you know not all men are sexist and not all women have internalized misogyny we don't all you know it's a race to the bottom like it's who 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 can say the most profound thing like oh you guys didn't realize that this square was sexist because you need to open your mind and i'm just like it's like well no just just because it just because nobody has ever said that before does not make it an intelligent thing to say i mean listen i don't know if you notice but like the squares are more manly because women are usually curvy which relates to a circle so obviously the square is part of the patriarchy hello <laughs> well i'm seeing triangles on your picture so i don't know what where that fits in <laughs> <laughs> That's the Illuminati. No. Yeah, it's 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 just uh, sometimes I think that some of these like um these people their their parents never looked at them and said really like really like where are your parents like 
it's just <laughs> like you know my my dad was my dad was pretty i i don't want to say he was like a feminist but like he he hung out with feminists he had similar ideologies and it was actually over time that he was just like he realized that the only the only people who were like bullying other women at work and oppressing them were feminists yeah so it's just like he just kind of slowly over time was like he didn't want to admit it but it just became like why is it that the only like the men aren't bullying these women it's the other women so it was just he thought that was pretty pretty terrible and it's just and, 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 like, most, like, why does nobody ever talk about the fact that, like, most workplace bullying is, like, woman on woman? It's, like, the mo- like the number one reason, like, women live- leave jobs, I think it was, it's, well, there's flexibility, and then the other one is workplace bullying from other women. <laughs> so, it's, like, why are- why is nobody talking about that? And instead, it's, like, oh, men are keeping women out. And it's, like, no, most of my good opportunities have come from men and they don't care that I am a woman. They care that I get my job done on time, which is rare for most people, apparently, let alone men or women. It's just people like when it comes down to it, smart people who are good at making money care about you getting the job done. They don't care about anything else. You know, and if a lot of what people say are true, you know, oh, women work better and they work for less. Well, sorry, but the the entire market would be women then. That's just, nobody's that stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, uh, they, they want to counter their perceived fears of stereotyping of women with stereotypes of women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They portrayed this shrinking oh. violet thing, like, really badly because I was they're like, oh, well, you don't know how many women are being harassed because they don't speak up and they don't do this and they do that. They're scared. They need us men to come and save them. And I'm like, did you just say that to me? <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you know, and, and I explained to people, like, issues that I have run into and how we solved them. And, you know, 99% of the time it's just being assertive. Because some people are socially awkward, some people are not self-aware. You're just like, hey man, don't do that. And that that's the end of it. And that, that goes for dealing with men and women. You know, like women will get into certain things with me assuming my beliefs because I'm a woman. And I'm just like, hey, you know, like just I'd appreciate it if you didn't assume that that was my position based on the fact that, you know, we share we share similar body parts. And, they're, you know, that solves most problems. So it's just, it, there. there's a real, I, I, I don't want to blame the internet for it or anything, but there's been a real, being able to just post your opinion anywhere, and, you know, that's a really great thing. But I think it's also made it so that people are trying to advance via passive aggressiveness versus having to face people and be like, hey, I don't like that. Here's my opinion. I'm willing to die for it. You know, <laughs> a just, conversation, a real conversation. Right. And, and I, I'm, I'm a recluse. I, I, which is why I kind of find it funny that I'm like, 
I'm, I am assertive and I don't let things go too far because for me, the end product and the things that I make is what's important, not, you know, this, this social clout and social ladder climbing that I see a lot of people engaging. And it's like, it's like who they know is more important than the stuff that they make. And, you know, there's an element of networking and all business and things like that, but you know, you just, you can't, you can't not make stuff and rely on, oh, I'm going to run into Tumblr every time I see a woman in a sexy outfit. And it's like, what do you think that is going to get you in life? <laughs> like, you know, I make games about little, little dudes farming and little, like, female people farming and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm still like, you know what? I would never let somebody take away your ability to draw, you know, sexually attractive women or, you know, even like games about killing people, like people should have freedom of expression. And I think that like, they assume that if you agree with something that you don't actively try to make things different or better. And it's like, well, no, that that's part of accepting that other people are going to be different from you is is that you don't do that. You just accept that other people are going to want to. Yeah. And also, I was just going to say from before, the point about projection is yeah. not is not brought very often, but very astute uh, with people who tend to be really into an ideology and voicing it strongly, you know, not listening. I find that's often the case that we underestimate how much we communicate with each other uh, in, a, in, a, in that fashion. There's, you know, right. there's also body language, uh, eye contact, but uh, projecting through your <laughs> claims of other people's misdeeds, uh, I think is also another way we expose our own insecurities or our own maybe demons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. You know, it, it's whenever someone has something negative to say about another person, you're really, that thing is really true about yourself, you know? <clears throat> I would so, say, especially all, like, there's a saying that all advice is autobiographical. So <laughs> it comes from something you've experienced yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think what, what is happening here is, you know, nobody likes to be wrong, you know, um, and taking it back to the whole relationship analogy, you know, when a relationship is over, people are quick to say, look at what this person did to me. That's a bad person. And this is why I'm mad. But they don't ever look back at the things that they did to cause these things to happen. You know, yeah. it, there, there's blame on both sides. So just to point a finger at someone and say, well, this is why you're wrong. I, I think people don't do a whole lot of um, self analytics. They, they, they don't, they don't think about not their you anymore either. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, there, there's a thing that not many people are aware of. It, it happened, um, it happened a long time ago. It was a movement called anti-positivism where they believed that there were some things you couldn't quantify or measure with empiricism. And they are right in that you can't quantify human emotions with empiricism, but that doesn't make them actionable. And it's just like the anti-positives, anti-positivists want um, research to be portrayed from the uh, researcher's perspective and not from the evidence that's gathered from the uh, participants. So say, wow. um, say that you have a woman walking around New York for 10 hours, right? And these, <laughs> the people who are participating feel like they're just trying to engage another human being. For the most part, they're saying, hello, how are you doing? What's up? Um, 
and and even in the case of the the drunk girl video um if she say that wasn't a prank and that was actually happening um the woman's perception of that situation would not be counted it would only be what the researcher observed so that that is the my and that i don't think that that is a good idea i don't like that and i think that it, you're doing someone a horrible disservice to their own agency to say oh you may not have felt these men were being sexist but they were but i'm not going to use any empiricism to prove that they were i'm just going to say that yeah. based on what i feel that sounds right. like chaos to me that sounds right. like right and not the good kind <laughs> it's an Ouroboros, right? Because anyone can say, oh, well, uh, this is how I perceived my own research. You know, I I wasn't right. doing it from a scientific method standpoint. Yeah, and they literally believe that the scientific method is flawed, by the way. So that there you go. <laughs> yeah, even science to... is sexist now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fluid dynamics are sexist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just to point out that the exact, uh, to highlight the exact um example you picked there about the woman walking down the uh, uh streets of new york uh a friend that i've had for years recently basically unfriended me and said in no uncertain terms i was one of the worst people she knew uh which is funny because she followed up with well i hope that i i don't bear any grudge and i hope you have a good life <laughs> but basically that friendship's <laughs> friendship's over and her argument was simply you're not a woman you don't know and what i had said was you can't trust a video like this. It's meant to propagate a certain perspective. You right. need to look at the breakdown of how it's done, you know, how it's challenged. Right. I mean, there were certainly men in that video who were inappropriate, some walking next to her and following her. Yeah. But somebody saying, hello, good morning. How are you doing today? That's normal. I mean, that's normal yeah. social interaction. And it really, and you have to wonder what's going on with the people who are bothered by that sort of thing, you know, is it, so, there was such an agitating part of that. And I, I'm going to phrase this very carefully, but, um, so they're like, Oh, they only showed people from certain minorities approaching her and, you know, they needed to show more white people, you know, positive or negative. Other cultures are more open with strangers. Yeah. And that's yeah. a good thing. Like every time I have, I'm, I'm not, I have a, a, a chronic illness. Every time I have been out in public and something bad happened, you know, the people who helped me would have been the same people who were, you know, quote unquote cat calling because I just find that other cultures are more open with strangers. And it's just like, it's unfair to only say like, oh, well, it was because, you know, they were trying to, you know, and the people against it were like, oh, it was racist. I'm like, well, no, it's because that's still implying that the video is correct. And those people were doing something horrible. And a few of them were, but it's just like, no, it's, it's just, you guys don't understand that like, I've been to Boston, I've been to New York, I've been to a lot of places, and I just found that, you know, some people are more open with strangers than others, and it just, that's just how it happens to be, and they were skewing the data to make it look like those people were being horrible. That's what people should be mad at, you know, it's just... Yeah, I, I like properly done research, whether it's torn down in the end or not, the, the effort of trying to check your own biases along the way and have others... Uh, look through your methods and test your conclusions. I don't know how you're going to organize a world of 7 billion people without that. You can't. And yeah, the, the, that's another thing that really scares me in the in the science world right now is um, bioethics was a great invention. It made a lot of sense, but there are a lot of people who are using it to block 
any studies that say anything negative about um, favored topics or anything like that. So, like, you know, when you see when you see a study that says something negative about, you know, women's behavior or, or some, you know, behavior of certain groups, uh, that study went through more rigorous, um, you know, blocking and, and sidebarring than any positive study you will see. So if you see something that says, you know, oh, if you eat this fruit, you'll lose weight. That gets through easier than something that says that, you know, women who have certain medical conditions are more prone to weight gain. Like, like you can't, because that, you know, that, like, it's just, it's ridiculous. You can't, you can't say anything now. You can't study anything because yeah. if it does something negative about somebody. And, and like, it's sad because those things could really, knowing certain things could really help. You know, and part of it is the media, you know, taking studies and from scientists and skewing them to be whatever they want. But it's still unfortunate that it's it's getting to the point where we're not telling the media, no, stop reporting. You know, we discovered time travel when we didn't. Um, mm-hmm. They're telling the scientists, oh, just don't study this because it's too dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a lot of fear to study, you know, gender differences and um, which... I, which I mean, there are we know there's biological differences, obviously, obviously between males and females, and you have these studies, and you know that research is important. It is important to know what kind of um, diseases or conditions you know males might be more prone to than females. Those things are important. But like you said, if something says something negative, you know people are are hesitant to to even get involved in studies that might show some sort of differences. And right. you know, and that that's that's not helping. That's not helping our our understanding of humans in general, and the differences that that do exist and that can help us to allow people to live longer and have healthier lives and things like that. I think it's really yeah. important because um, you know, like it 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 seems that they believe that differences are a bad thing and it puts another gender in a superiority state and the other one is less of important and that's not the case right. you know it, it's just we're differently we, right. we function differently and that doesn't mean one is better than the other exactly. maybe in certain conditions it can be convenient but each you know has their own advantages as well you right. know and and a and as we've seen, you know, it, it varies as well in different aspects and personalities and whatnot. But it's in, as you say, it's important to know this. And I wanted to like bring back a little bit like the topic of the the video of the harassment, you know, because because uh, a few days ago, um, you know, I live in a country where you know we all like hug each other and kiss each other and hold each other's hands, like. And that is seen really weirdly in USA and whatnot. Yeah, um, can- well, Canada too. We have a huge personal space bubble up here. Yeah, I've I've, I've mm-hmm. known like friends go to Canada and they you know greet the Canadian people and they hug them and kiss them in the cheek and they get like Canadians blush and stuff like that. <laughs> like what's going on? And we just like oops, I, we forgot. Yeah. You know? But um, you know it's it's. We are like that. We're really touchy type of people as well. And I see it as well with people from the UK because my boyfriend is English. And he's just like, that is really strange. Why are you holding your friend's hand? It's like, I I just do. I'm sorry. You know, like that's <laughs> something that happens. 
But, you know, like, we are very, you know, like that. And it has happened to me that, you know, like, I just see it in comparison to what I live in. And, like, I can just imagine that woman walking in, like, a busy street here and, like, being like, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? You doing good? Good morning. <laughs> like, she, she would freak out and cry because, like. Because uh, Mexico, <laughs> Mexico is full of misogyny. Yeah, dude, and, and the thing is, like, we go to this, like, you know, like, there's taco stands very famous here in Mexico. And, you know, you sit down and the person doing the tacos is talking to you you know while doing your tacos and, and you're having a conversation and then the other person next to joins and everybody's talking and having a good time you know and you don't know who the fuck these people are but you're having a good time and like i can just imagine and then i saw like an interview what was not like an interview more like a debate between a feminist and an mra and it touched a really like interesting topic of like consent right because that that's the huge deal right now of what you can and cannot do and it's like you know if if you haven't had the explicit uh like spoken uh, like consent of the other person you know to speak to them yeah. or to like have sex with them or things like that then you can't it's like excuse me like what no like at some point these people are gonna want us to write contracts before you know engaging <laughs> in any type of conversation with a stranger and that to me like it just blows my mind because like i can just imagine how many people i've met that are so cool people and like really amazing friends and whatnot that i met because they're freaking complete strangers in in like a streets or an event or whatever that i would never met if this was like a real thing it's so unrealistic aggressive culture is what it is it's just mm -hmm. they they don't and the thing is is it's weird because it seems like a lot of them like a lot of the people i've met that are like oh you know consent consent continual consent you know like ask every five minutes if it's still okay <laughs> but if you get to know some of those people and they tell you like what their fantasies are there are some messed up like they want the exact opposite of what they're telling you. They yeah, I'm, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, I know, I can't believe that these people, right, trying to put these rules on, on social behavior and trying to break it down step by step what you can do. I, I don't believe that that's how they behave in their no. life. No! <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, to say, that, to say that some of those people do not have boundaries would be the understatement of the year. <laughs> Like, there are some people that um, are like, oh, my God, men are all disgusting, blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, but look at my Shoda collection. And I'm like, what? You what? Why do you have this? Isn't this wrong? No. No, no, I, I don't. I don't. What? Like, you're, it, they're confusing because it's kind of like. I think they're confused. Uh, me just think the lady protests because they're much. confused. <laughs> yeah, it's like there, there's a whole lot of like um, it, it's like they're they're protesting their own feelings and putting it on to other people, and you're just like, you know, you find out some of these people do like hard drugs, and you're just like. <laughs> what <laughs> i think one just... like one person one one of the like advocates for consent or whatever they were like doing like heroin or something and i like i don't i don't want to say their name because i don't know if it's true but i was just like what 
Why? They decide these certain things are are right and moral, but the set of things that they do that other people might consider immoral or or wrong, you know, that that's okay for them to do. But it's, it all comes back to themselves, like you said, and 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 what personally has affected them or what they have strong feelings about. But you know, their whole world of what they're actually actually doing behind closed doors, you know, probably there's a like some eyed wise shut. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's almost like they want things to be more taboo so that it's more exciting. You know, that's it's an interesting. That's that's an interesting point. Maybe maybe that's what it is. You know, if they actually guess, have sex with somebody and don't get verbal verbal consent through every you know step, <laughs> they've just did something naughty. <laughs> this yeah. could be this could be a golden age, though, for anyone whose kink is having a couple lawyers in the bedroom while they're. Oh, <laughs> wow. yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if these people exist, but they've got to exist somewhere. Like it, it's like we're in an age where you know everyone's you know fetishes are kind of coming to light, and it's almost like they're fetishizing like normal behavior, so they have to criminalize normal <laughs> behavior to make it seem interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I'll, I'll run this question past you. Um, I won't uh, name the, the person, but because uh, it's unnecessary, I think there's a lot of well-intended people out there who kind of get caught up in this type of thinking. So I guess where, where when you look at some art, in this case in the video game industry, but it's, uh, it's like this in many different media formats, uh, where would you say the line is crossed between exploitive or demeaning and just like empowering of women when their sexuality comes onto the onto the page or onto the screen, uh, I guess the background behind it is that this person had been arguing with me about a comic book cover because the comic book character was a woman and uh, was showing too much of her, I guess, body detail and the type of positions she was in. And so uh, I was kind of I was kind of uh, was tarred and feathered in this uh, post. By saying that some women like comic, in this case it was a comic book. Some women like comic books, and some women like their comic book characters to have uh, empowerment in this way. They say you can imitate anybody, even their voice, even their voice. Then why not stay in disguise all the time? You know, look like everyone else. Because we shouldn't have to. Um, it's not a need. Uh, in my, this is my pers- perspective. Um, I think a lot of people that are well-meaning are too quick to think they need to run and protect women in this way. Uh, yeah. but, but what's your thoughts? Um, it, it's, they're making the mistake of being like, you know, this looks like a, a real woman. So real women have personal property over it. Cause like, there's a weird thing among women sometimes where it's like, all other women are your own personal property and it's even worse <laughs> when it's a woman that's drawn by a man but it's just like unless it's like an actual person who who hasn't consented to this or you know something like that you really don't have any business telling people how to position somebody or because that is a slippery slope i mean we, we we've come from an age where like you couldn't show your ankles, yeah. you know, and and, we're, and then we're moving into, oh, well, you can't draw people showing their ankles, but they don't mean ankles, obviously. But yeah, like, it's just, 
what 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 is a drawing you know lines and shapes and it's somebody's perception really like what what you're what you're seeing is somebody's perception of something if that perception reflects negatively on society you're you're attacking the mirror for society's problem and i don't think that that's a good thing to do and i don't think it fixes anything i think it's just it, it's it's stamping your feet at the sky because it's not raining hard enough like you're not gonna that's not how you fix things yeah i, I mean i i look at it it's all art okay we're talking about fictional people fictional characters and uh, the, the outrage at a woman being drawn in a position is just so ridiculous because look at any male uh comic character you, they do the same thing to right. men. You see yeah, every I, I, inch. Of- yeah. I grew up reading comic books, so you know, and and the men were just as were drawn just as uh, you know disproportionately. You know, there's the slim waist and the big chest. Right. M- m- most men don't look like what the male characters are, are drawn. So you know, and these the female characters are, are drawn. You know, not true to true life that's that's how it was with with both you know characters and I, I I didn't grow up with you know a feeling that I I was less of a woman because I didn't look like you know Jean Grey did you it's know. weird it's almost like you realized it was fake <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah almost, it's almost like you were smart enough to realize that that's not what the, the people exactly. around you look like exactly but adults can't seem to do that. As kids, we were able to do that, but somehow adults were all no. We Matt Duck, you know, Doctor Matt Taylor's shirt. That's what that's what all women need to look like. So this this is horrible. No, I don't look at his. Sh- I didn't look at his shirt and say, "Oh my God, that's what I'm supposed to look like." Like who that? If you do that, there, there's something wrong with the functioning of, of the way you are. You must have some poor view of yourself to begin with. If 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 an, an animation it makes you feel bad about yourself yeah they've actually That's, found yeah. that too um they found that like unless you already have low self-esteem that is not going to affect you and it's just like well if you have low self-esteem that's not the animation's fault that's something right. somewhere else that you need to resolve and like i said it, it's it's attacking a mirror it's like you know if i beat up this mirror i will suddenly be beautiful and it's like that's not going to happen right don't burst my bubble though i'm still i'm still hoping to get my hands on some radioactive spiders to bite me (laughs) because then my life will be great um so you know i guess uh the only other thing that's been on my mind um very recently is i've just realized that um internet aristocrat i guess dropped out and had some less than kind words to say about gamergate we've had (laughs) we've had a few people kind of drop out but in his case um his accusation is that people are trying to capitalize on it uh and he thinks it's this is making us as bad as the other side i mean have you guys witnessed a plethora from your perspective of people uh charging in to try and capitalize on it or is it like for myself the viewers or the listeners i've gotten for our shows on this um, I think we're people who are just drawn in out of curiosity. I don't think it was, um, this is not a, a scheme on my part. I don't think most people think of it that way. That's my impression. 
It, it's hard for me to talk about it because some people have, since the thing happened with me, people have been accusing me of that's the whole reason I joined. And I'm like, no, I, if, if that was it, I could have left, you know, I could have just not said anything and, and you, and things would have continued on just fine without me. Um, I, I'm here because I genuinely do care. And unfortunately I do think that some of the accusations might've been lobbed at me because um, when there was a question of, I, I, I questioned I questioned someone who was participating in Gamergate because I wanted to make sure that they were staying within legal bounds and someone affiliated with IA had said that I was a concern troll. So I have a hard time believing that um, what happened with me went unnoticed and I just like, it's, it's a little bit upsetting for me considering I've been here saying the same stuff for two years, um, you know, that, that there are problems with, with women being used for, as put on pedestals for not really doing much other than being a woman. Yeah. And like, I mean, so that, that's kind of upsetting to me, but I mean, I, I think it's natural to be suspicious of, of people when you have a movement like this, but I think that people are just kind of like vomiting up suspicion on everybody and hoping to see, you know, which one of them breaks, you know, melts into the, the ground from it. It's just, yeah, I, I, I think that he's upset about more than just, you know, well, the well, one, what's being said. Let's look at some real attention horrors in history. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> Gandhi. <laughs> I mean, some people that we really look up to, not in all ways, they were well known. And to right. to have that reverse perspective of logic where, well, they were popular, therefore they did it for popularity, I think is unfair. Yeah, you should yeah. be judging people on their actions and their words and and, yeah. and paying attention. Right. Well, are they are the people who have become prominent voices? Are they prominent voices because they're saying things that are reasonable and logical and make sense, or are they becoming popular because they're just doing hit pieces? You know. Yeah. Yep. So it's you know people become known for different reasons. So just popularity alone is is not. You know, right. indicative of of some sort of scheming. What is participation is not participation is not the only factor. So right, yeah. right. Yeah, and absolutely. and you know how can you badmouth someone for going out and and finding a way to monetize and capitalize off of this? Okay, I think that they are doing what the industry needed, which was a shakeup. We need new people doing things. Yep. We need new people reporting, and to just you know badmouth these people it, it's just it's kind of um anti-logic <laughs> you know <laughs> listen the, these some of these e-celebs they are popular because they have opinions that people agree with and appreciate um you know i i will support something that i believe in and i will buy games that i like if if gamergate has done nothing but uh you know spark new interest for people to make new games and and to start these youtube channels well then great you know i'm always looking for new content and i'm i'm sick of this old you know mentality where you know you have to do things the way a certain person wants it to be done you know that's that's just right uh and i don't know if you um heard uh mundane matt's response to it but i thought it was apt in that he said he said first you want to have a movement with no leaders uh, and then you are angry because they don't do what you want them to do right yeah absolutely yeah 
there's a place for good leadership. Um, it's the type of leadership, like who is this person and how are they conducting themselves? If they demand adherence, that I have a problem with. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, unless it's adherence to nonviolence or something like this. Um, but I mean, I don't like people who are control freaks. I don't. Uh, it makes me uh, always uncomfortable right off the bat. I think that the type of like leadership that Gamergate should have, it's not like a specific person in power, like in politics right. and yeah. whatnot. It's more of a guidance where it's like, okay, what is the strategy now? And let's do this. And if people are like, you know, I disagree with it. Let it be challenged and discussed just as we challenge and discuss the other side of the argument, you know? I feel like there's some people who are truly scared of criticism and they don't like it when it's their yeah. way. And I think that that's very damaging more than anything, more than monetization in videos, more than, you know, fundraisers, more than anything. I think the fact of you blinding yourself to criticism and thinking that you're above anything, that is a big problem. And, the, and the, you know challenge that Gamergate faces to stay focused, you know, and, and I think that it has done a lot of great things because people have stood up and be like, you know, I'm going to do this and this person's going to do that. And we all together do this together, you know, and that's the type of leadership that has worked for Gamergate, not in a specific person, but a group of people being like, you know, somebody having an idea and a group of people supporting that idea. You know, and also questioning and being a skeptical. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, somebody asked me because, like, somebody was upset that um, they, th they felt people were brigading for me. And um, I was like, I was like, I understand why you feel that way. I'm like, but here's, I'm like, but we were already halfway when that happened. And I wasn't even home when it happened. I was like, I got home and then things were crazy. And they're like, well, do you have evidence of that? And I showed them our progress prior to the incident and um it showed that we were still like in the top 10 percent of of, of popularity for games at the time on on green light and you know i showed that to them and and people were kind of jumping on them for being skeptical and i'm like look it, it, you know I'm fine with that. I have evidence to back it up. I don't care. And I showed it to them and they were still kind of like, oh, well, you don't, you still can't prove that, that, you know, that wasn't from blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, well, I tried, dude, I tried to show you this is all I can do. I don't have any more. That's, that's the best I can do. And you were like, well, I appreciate you trying. And that was the end of it. Um, so like, it, it was just one of those things that's like the, the, my best advice to people being criticized is don't get upset. People are scared. People are, we're, we're fighting a lot of really terrible things. Um, and people get scared. They just, they think that somebody's trying to take things away from them. And some people are. And it's just kind of like that whole, just because I think everyone's out to get me doesn't mean they're not. You know, and, and I, I try to be understanding of those people. Even if they're being jerks, I try to be understanding. So... It's just, yeah, like, don't be afraid of criticism because that's what they do, right? Yeah, I, I guess that's like good advice to me. I, I know there's, uh, just within the small group of podcasters that I know, uh, there are some people who are very uncomfortable with who makes money off of their shows and how they do it. Um, and like I say, it comes down to me, if I hear somebody who is trying to be upfront, who is trying to be consistent, 
why should I judge them for making money? We live in a society where money is what allows people to focus more on what they love and what they want to do. Um, so my concern is, uh, are these people uh, slandering people? Are they lying about their own misconduct? That is stuff that, that concerns me. And skepticism is a powerful tool, but you have to also understand that I, I consider myself a skeptic. Um, but you have to develop a reasonable way of applying it. If you are skeptical and, and doubtful to such an extreme that you, you can isolate yourself from all reality, what can you really ever know? Everything's an impulse in your brain. <laughs> like, so what are the criteria you're using? You know, if somebody wants to know um, something about me and I think it's, it's worthwhile, I'll, I'll try and give them some evidence. But to be honest, um, I probably would fail because I'm really bad at that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Just... No, and, and the thing is, is like, because I've been offered people like, oh, where can I give you money? Where can I help you? Where can I do this? Right? And I'm like, I'm like, I mostly make stuff for other developers. I'm like, you don't need to give me any money. All I'm asking for is a fighting chance. And, that, and that's just, that's all I've ever asked anybody for is just, you know, I, I'm purposely being excluded for not having the right opinions. And, you know, I'm just saying that if you feel what I'm doing is worthy, then someday you can support me when, when that. But don't, I don't want people to just be like, she's pro Gamergate. Let's just jump on this. And for the most part, honestly, they didn't. Like, uh, 50% of our traffic was from organic Steam still. It wasn't from, because, like, it tells you if it comes from Twitter um, or it tells you if it comes from Reddit. Like, I know down to the, the numbers how many people came from, from where. And, you know, a good portion of it was still from Steam. So it was just like, yeah. and that actually was nice because it was like, you know, the the free market still thinks we've got something here. So that that's important. So even if we get passed through to Steam, it's just like, that doesn't mean that people are going to buy it, you know? So it's just like. It's, um, nice. it's probably nice to be liked more for your work rather than the hype right. of the moment. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I'm fighting for. I'm fighting to not be like, oh, like someone even commented, they're like, wow, she makes really cute stuff. It's too bad she's a misogynist. I'm like, are you serious? Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say about that. That's. Uh, it's handy that you can. I'm, I'm glad you're able to track some of that stuff so you can see. Um, yeah, no, it was really awesome. And like, I don't, I'm not going to put down what everyone did because it did have a huge part of it. And I am so grateful for that. But I'm of the mind that if the people who helped out think that we screwed up and we did a bad job that they tell us, I mean, if you care about somebody and if you want them to succeed, you will tell them when they sucked. Like that's, that that's love. Love is telling somebody when they screwed up. You know, and apathy is the worst thing. Apathy is, mm -hmm. is worse than hate. And I just, I've been running online games for 10 years. And when people get angry with me, I used to be like, oh my God, like, you know, I feel so terrible. But then you realize that when somebody who plays your game every day when they get home from school and you do something that upsets them, it's because they care. Even if they're wrong, it's because they care. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that the the parts where I think everybody has grown the most is when people is like, you know, you're fucking up or <laughs> they tell yeah. you your mistakes and stuff and you're able to sit back. Like the most dangerous thing 
whenever you know I sit down and think about it, is people who are ass kissers and say everything you do is amazing. <laughs> you know, Sycophants, like right? Yeah, yeah like mm -hmm. it, and that's something like to be careful of as well because when you get to to be like out there and put your opinion out there or your product out there and stuff like that people a lot of time tells you like oh no forget the haters ignore the haters don't care about the haters but nobody tells you ignore the kiss assers you know that will tell you everything that you do is rightful and holy because i've known people on youtube that get a lot of fans like that and they're unable to be humble yeah. and then they get into this mentality of no like whenever you call them out like friendly even they're like no yeah. you're wrong you're not a friend and i'm gonna block you you know yeah. and that is the danger of that mentality as well so you know being humble and an understanding that 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 there's a lot of room for you to grow and improve and then having people who keep you in that reality people who actually care about you and tell you hey you know what you're really messing up in this and we can have a discussion about it and whatnot and that's that's the best thing that can happen to you you know yeah, yeah if you have if, if you're if your existence in whatever product or opinion you're putting out if it's based on a group of people who are constantly applauding you, once those people, they'll turn against you in a minute and it'll all crumble down in a minute. So I think it's, you know, it's important to listen to criticism and like you said, improve what you're doing and, you know, and and try to be open to as many people as you can because if everybody's saying everything you do a great, you know, in a second, everybody can say what you're doing is horrible and <laughs> everything collapses. Yeah, I, I have an ex one of the way, things I like to say is the real problem is when someone believes their own hype. That's when everything goes yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the same is true for like um, harassment on the internet, or rather the inverse is true, because people are like, oh my god, you know, it's so terrible when someone calls you a name or threatens you online. I've got to be honest, I've had some pretty terrible things happen, and the people that scare me when it comes to like, you know, cyber harassment stuff are the people who like really 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 love you and then like you know they they idealize you and they put you on a pedestal and things like that and then when something goes wrong yeah yeah it it's scary like it's not like like people you don't have to worry about people hating you when it comes to like like harassment so like those people are not going to throw their lives away to get at you People who are like actual stalkers, they don't warn you and they don't tell you. They're just like, you You broke some idealized version right. of something and they're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> what is that, that one movie? Uh, what's the name of it? Where she captures the guy that she loves so much and then like ties him up to the bed. Misery? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Stephen King novel. I need for God's Shh, darling. Trust me. God's sake. It's for the best. Hey, please! Almost done. Just one more. God, I love you. Well, yeah, no, that that's 
that kind of those are the those are the actual people who are dangerous and sycophants are dangerous that's they're the ones that are dangerous not people who critically approach you and because like i mean i have people on youtube that i've watched for years that like they they now talk to me because of gamergate and i tell them i'm like i don't you know here's why i thought you were wrong on that i'm not gonna be like no, I'm your number one ultimate fangirl, and I'm never gonna tell you when you do anything wrong. And it's like, cause, cause you need my support, and it's like nobody needs support more than criticism. Like honestly, <laughs> like everybody needs. And I'm not saying to be cruel to anyone, or you know, go over the top and be like, oh, everything you do is shit, cause that's not helpful. If you're like, hey. Uh, here's some research that kind of counters what you're saying. And they're like, oh my God, shit Lord, you know, <laughs> it, it's like, no, these are hate facts. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people that go by the term scientist instead of shit Lord. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I just, I don't get it. I, I'm maybe it's just, maybe it's just my autism, but I'm like, I, I am more interested in the truth than than being satisfied about certain things. Like it, it's just ultimately when when you when you seek your own personal um, self assurance, you will ignore the truth if it does not help that. So I mean, you have to be a person who's like, no, I want to know the truth, no matter what it is. I want to know the truth. That's why there. And you know, when when we did the the green light thing, I was like, oh my god, oh my god, it's coming. People are gonna say terrible things. I screwed up somewhere. I'm gonna I'm gonna hear about it. And it's just was like people kept saying really nice things, and I was like waiting for it. I was waiting for the worst possible comment someone could make. <laughs> and the worst possible comment someone made was. Better than what I would have thought, and it also was the one thing I also had concerns about. So I'm like, I can fix that. I can fix that early because that person made that comment. So it's just like we all get scared of people saying awful things about something we, you know, slept five hours a night for the past, you know, God knows how long to get it done. But um, people, people tell you how to fix your shit, and if you're willing to listen, it's okay. Um, but I think when you're just like, oh my god, you guys didn't do what I wanted, so I'm gonna fly off into the night now, it's just like, okay, bye, <laughs> have a good time. Yeah, it's, uh, sometimes, uh, negative comments can be constructive, maybe even if they didn't even intend it that way, like you say, if it touches on something in a particular way, or something you already have hints about. Um, I guess, you know, where it becomes clearly something that people should not be doing is when it reaches threats. You know, um, yeah. and they paint us like we don't take that stuff seriously, but uh, this is simply not the case. I think that um, people like David Pakman, when he said, you know, he asked that question, which I thought was great for a journalist to do that. Like he, he clearly is trying to be a proper journalist in the terms of his questions. When he said, listen, I've gotten these death threats. So when they were serious and I talked to the authorities, they said, don't talk about them on your show. Don't publicize them. Yeah. You know, so so why why have you chosen to do this over and over again? Well, that's the thing that it's it's this disinterest in actually solving problems. It's like, you know, we're standing up against this. We're standing up against this. And you're like, here's some documentation that shows what works and what doesn't. And they're like, I shouldn't have to change what I'm doing to what works. And you're like, <laughs> what? Do you, do you, do you, you know, if I gave you a hammer and a nail and a board and you were just like, 
pounding in the nail with your fist and I told you to use the hammer, like, am I a shitlord then too? Like what, like what, <laughs> why, why is there this opposition to doing things that work? Because it doesn't satisfy your ego to not be able to scream about it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Some people aren't looking for solutions. They just want their opinion to be heard, you know, and like you, like you were talking about with the, um, threats. Yeah, if you get what you think is a serious threat, the last thing you should do is retweet it and and publicize it. And the authorities will tell you not to do it. If you contact Twitter support, they'll tell you not to con- not to talk to that person. You know, but these people, it it's like they want to show the point. Look, I'm being harassed. Well, or I'm being threatened. Well, you must not be taking the threat seriously because you're not doing what you should be doing to stop this from happening or to stop a potential somebody from potentially hurting you. If you really think that that's what they're going to do, you're doing the complete opposite of what you should be doing. You're doing so you're just making a showcase of it. So is your point Mm -hmm. just to show that you're getting these threats and you really don't take them seriously, you know? Or do you take them seriously and you want to make sure whoever sent you this threat is hopefully caught, you know? So, but um, people make a show of things and they're not necessarily looking for solutions to things or how to, how to correct problems. Yeah. yeah. Another casualty of it is when they keep talking about this. Um, uh, clearly, this when I really cued into this was with Wu, but the strategy is not unique to her where they go from network to network getting far more publicity than one would think. Uh, always, uh, with the exception of people like David Pakman, rarely testing her. Uh, on what she's claiming and what she's been doing. She, okay, so her, her reason for doing it, she says, is to try and raise awareness because that she wants uh, more. I hate that phrase. Yeah, because she wants, to, <laughs> well, she says she wants more women to come into the field of, of game design and, and development. And I thought want to come in when they think all these horrible things are happening. Right, right exactly. <laughs> it's not, uh, yeah. It, it kind of exposes that this can't, either she's completely dense or she cannot possibly be uh, genuine in what she's saying. It's got to be one of the two. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, is like, what gets me is like, if you tell people that it's the industry has been good to you, they feel that that's automatically an attack on them and they must be doing something wrong. So they're like, oh, you need to shut up, you Uncle Tom, because I've had that one thrown at me. Oh. So, um, or you're denying their, their lived experience because your experience is something different. You're deni- No, you're not denying that, it ha- that things happen to them. You're just saying that yeah. doesn't necessarily happen to everybody. They that's were like, don't you realize that um, MRAs could use what you're saying against us? And I'm like, so? That's not my responsibility. What, like, what's your problem with MRAs anyway? Like, why aren't they allowed to exist? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't consider myself an MRA, but like, they have a right to have those opinions too. So, yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think this is the importance of of what we often call free speech, but I think in Canada and our constitution is called freedom of expression. Is that people that have stupid shit to say, let's say uh, they're talking about MRA and they're citing someone who is a real ass. Okay, but you know, we have to put up with some people. Uh, again, not, threats are illegal for a reason, but setting that aside, there's always going to be people saying stuff we disagree with that is idiotic or really nasty uh, in order for us to have the conversation as a society to try and mature, to try and not slide backwards into an right. era where only certain people have a voice. Well, and the thing is, is like they they also take like the worst examples of people 
Like, they, they aren't, like, because, like, I know people who are MRAs because they lost custody of their children unfairly and something really terrible happened as a result. Like, I know people who are in it for that reason, and I've spoken to, like, fathers' rights groups and stuff like that, and, like, they have, they have points, too, and it's unfair to say that they don't because they're not feminists, and yeah. it's just, like, so, you know, and, and, like, they use, they use it as an accusation now. MRA is an accusation. It's not a thing that just exists, and it's just, like, they're automatically wrong because they're not on the right side. And it's just like, I really, I'm really afraid for that kind of logic to keep continuing. Cause I listen to lots of people and I mean, I, I guess I can say this here now since everything's over and done with the reason that people were actually trying to boycott our game was because a friend of mine who was a feminist, um, I have, I have MRA friends that I, I have FMS friends. I have MRA friends. I have friends from all different walks of life. Yeah. I know a lot of people. I've been in the industry a long time. Um, I They saw me talking to the wrong people and they saw me talking about women having to, you know, start their own businesses if they want to own their own businesses. They decided that I was an MRA and they have been stalking me since last October over it. Wow. Um, they have been stalking another female developer for even talking to me. They have stalked multiple people. Um, and they have actively said, I have screenshots and everything of them saying that if people even review any of my games, then they will they will actively protest to get them taken down. And the reason they did that is because I even gave people they disagreed with the time of day. I let them talk on my, you know, social media. I let them, I engaged with them. I listened to their opinions. That's how messed up some of these people are, is that they, and, and they literally, like, they, they, they speak multiple languages, so they will passive-aggressively post about me and think that I can't read Spanish. Um, they will, you know, use, use a very, very, very horrible word, but they'll basically say that I'm a escoria which is slag in spanish and that i am an mra and that um i am a dog and i'm kept in a cage and things like that clearly for mras and um i am autistic so i'm obviously a sociopath like these people are not they're not nice and and their whole how they justify this is by using the the mra accusation like they use that to de dehumanize people and it's it's really a lot of people be like, yeah, I'm, I hate, I hate those people. So I, it doesn't matter. And it's like, but you guys should be really, really careful because they're using that as a way to really dehumanize people and, and yeah. they're dehumanizing people that do have some points themselves. Yeah. It's instead yeah. of, instead of being critical of, of, if they don't like something you say or disagree with something you say, instead of being critical of what you actually said, they label you as an MRA Right. And that's it. Now you're the MRA demon. So it doesn't matter what you say yeah. or, or, you know, actually examining that. You're now the MRA demon. So now they're done with you. Now they can put you in that category and have everybody attack the MRA demon. Right. Which is yeah. why I think well, Gamergate needs to be really careful with, with allowing that kind of thing to happen and just being like, oh, well, you know, haha. It doesn't matter. I, uh, I have... I have not been called names myself, but I have heard people being dismissed for having an opinion as being leftist. Uh, these kind of coin phrases being tossed out instead mm -hmm. of actually the people making a comment to engage with the idea. Right. Uh, they're just, oh, well, you're a brainwashed leftist. Yeah, yeah there's that too. Yeah. yeah. Like it, over Oversimplification it's, it's... and branding, I don't like. 
Yeah, it's it, it's ridiculous. I mean, I I am a gender egalitarian, but I am an MRA, right. and um, you know, the, they do they use it as like some sort of negative connotation, as though you know, then all my points are invalid, right. which couldn't be further from the truth, you know. Um, and I, I was just talking to some people the other day, and it's it's like you know, I, I don't want to have to be a men's rights activist. I don't want to have to do that. I want to see these things, these inequalities, um, you know, fixed and changed. I don't want to have to identify as an MRA for the rest of my life. Um, I think the same thing with feminists, but a lot of feminists that I come across, you know, it's like they, they don't want it to die. They do not want feminism to go away. Well, how can you always want to then be a victim? Don't you want to actually solve some of these issues? Yeah. So you don't have to be, yeah. you know, Progress. fighting this fight? Yeah. yeah. The fight is more important than solutions. You know, they found something to fight for and they want to just keep fighting, not solve anything. So they create problems where they don't exist or see problems where they don't exist just so they have something to fight against. Right. Well, and there's the, money. <laughs> the, ir the irony is they're uh, turning, they're trying to turn or use MRA as a way of uh, demonizing people, shutting them down. But look what they've done to the term feminist, uh, yeah. the extremists. Yeah. Not, I mean, there's a lot of feminists who simply, some of them were booted out by their peers at, at times in history because they were like, hey, 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 you know, uh, what's going on here? Isn't this a little extreme? Traitor, traitor. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with the sisterhood, that's yeah. for sure. Um, no, and, and that's the thing, like, I mean, look at Christina Hoff Summers. I mean, she was the original anti-paternalist feminist. She's something a lot of women could agree with, even women like myself who, like, feminism does not have a good history where I live. It's done some pretty awful things. And even I can relate to her and her anti-paternalist feminism, which is, like, you know, women only wanted the right to go out and get and, and, and party, so to speak, and not be treated like children. And now these women are fighting to be treated like children. And it's just like, <laughs> I can agree with that, even though and I wouldn't I'm not like, oh, she's a feminist. So I can't agree with anything she says. Right. I don't have that attitude. But they do. They're like, oh, she's not a feminist then. If, if yeah. that's what she, she gets called anti-feminist or MRAs love her. That's the two things. Yeah. I see. MRAs <laughs> love her. So again, she, you know, she's now been demonized with a label, cast her out. She's done, you know, but there's, I think, I think what Gamergate has put, a, like I said, this kind of stuff has been going on for a while. I saw it happen in the atheist community. I don't know if you know of atheism. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. it was bad. kind of thing happening and the same thing being thrown out. If you spoke against someone who called herself a feminist, you were an anti-feminist or you were yeah. an MRA. So this, you know, but Gamergate, I think really a lot more pe people became aware of something that was going on and put it, you know, um, of this, this mentality. So, um, a and, lot of people are responding to it, and a lot more people are saying, this is bullshit. We're not going to tolerate this this kind of behavior, trying to shut people down because you don't like something they said. So, you know, I think that's another reason why I've kind of still have, have um, paid attention and been a little bit involved with Gamergate because of that aspect of it as well. So I think Gamergate has done a lot of interesting things um, as it's progressed. And they... Uh... In, in the case of uh, atheism, skepticism, they brought the same attitude of absolutes. Everything has to be spoken yeah. of in absolutes. 
They yeah. have the tools of fear. Let's go after people's jobs. Let's oh, yes. put in. Uh, let's let's make sure we doxing. pressure. Doxing. I was doxed yeah. over. Uh, originally, people thought I was this blogger, Elevated Gate, and and that was a whole sort of thing. But uh, and I was doxed over related to that. And then, um, but yeah, we've seen people. I know people who. People tried to contact their jobs and tried to get them fired, and you know, and or just these hate pieces in their blogs about other people just trying to totally destroy them because they didn't like something that they said. It's all over opinions, and people weren't on the right side of opinion, and other people just want to destroy that. It's like we can't have that, you know, and it's I... just uh. It was just. It was just. It, it was really an odd thing to see happening, but. You know, if you but if you look at, you know, social behavior and how people get polarized in certain things, you can kind of see why it happens. But they said the viciousness of some of the people and it's not and it. And I think that the more the, the social justice warriors are the more vicious ones. It's not the people saying, hey, we're not going to tolerate that. They're not the ones really yeah. being vicious. zero zero tolerance. Is the... Yeah. It's exactly the zero tolerance that that's when you see the the real viciousness come out, you know, yeah. I, I wonder, too, if if it isn't for some people, they're not as aware of certain realities now with the Internet having changed our lives in certain ways. Um, for instance, uh, I had a professor and in life, I consider her my greatest mentor. Uh, as I came into my adulthood, you know, aside from my parents, this was my greatest mentor. She's a brilliant human being, very talented artist. Um, but, uh, and she identifies as feminist. Uh, she put up an article just recently on Facebook from Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in praise of a woman, uh, you know, she reviews games apparently, and she got harassment. So she was contacting the parents, the mothers of the people harassing her. Yeah, It's like, okay, you know, I guess she must be unaware of what that means. Like this is going into people's personal lives in a very intrusive way meant to expose them in ways that have nothing to do with the debate, right? This is a, this is a tactic that, I mean, if it was a criminal threat and you know that information, give it to the police. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and what do those parents know about this? They're going to get what a call or an email. This is what your kid's doing. And they're going to be confused. Like, why are you contacting me? What's going on here? It's yeah. uh Yeah. But listen, I, you know what? I've had you guys for almost two hours. Uh, and I am really grateful you guys not knowing me from, uh, from probably you guys don't know who the heck I am. So <laughs> hopefully you feel you know me a little bit better now. Um, I want to give you guys, you know, a chance if you want to say anything else before, before we go to the, the last part, which is you guys just saying where people can find you. Like, um, I'll put things in the show notes, any links that you guys want me to as well for anyone who visits the site. Uh, so I, I guess this is uh, plugs, but if, if there's anything else you guys think is uh, important to bring up that's going on with Gamergate right now, uh, you can do that too. Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we've covered everything pretty well, and it's nice talking with everybody. Um, you can just put my Twitter link, um, Ambrosia X, as far as a plug. That's uh, that's good enough. <laughs> okay, I'll put that for your link as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyone else? Uh, let's do plugs. I'm just GM Shivers on Twitter, as always. <laughs> okay. I guess he is gone. Um, I am at just Lauren B on Twitter. Um, I don't know. <laughs> 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 How um, I, I do. I do a lot of work with the Voice for Men and with the Honey Badgers, so um, okay, yeah. you can look for me there. All right. Yeah, I'll look. Uh, I'll look for some uh, links to throw uh, under your name uh, in that direction as well. 
Um, well, you can find me everywhere um, as Queenie Martha. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> like <laughs> Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, even Tumblr, man. Um, and yeah, I'm a shield. So please give me money because that's <laughs> that's what I have on Gamergate. Like, I don't, I don't care for you. Just give me money, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the lesson here. Oh, you know, it's like... I, jokes aside, I would like to say that, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, like you guys always like talk about it and confront and and speak your minds about it. And I've been privileged enough to have Jennifer and Lauren in my live streams. And I think, you know, I Gamergate is about connecting and communication and and working for what we believed in, you know, to make actually games better, you know, and to have a, a better community in that sense where it's not about censorship, it's not about controlling, it's an open community that discusses and embraces art for what it is, you know, and enjoys it and, and has fun because ga games should be fun. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Thank and you for, for having me as well. A pleasure was mine. And uh, just uh, to my audience, I have listened to, I believe you call it Girls of Gamergate when you guys get together and chat, right? In a group? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, that's, I followed a lot of your conversation on the last two or three, and uh, it's worth listening to when you guys get together and talk. Uh, you guys even had um, a guest once, Mercedes. Mercedes. Yes. Yeah, great guest. You guys have just the, the product of listening, uh, going to YouTube, listening to you guys talk is worth it. I recommend it. That's what I'm Thank trying to say. You. Thank you. Uh, and all of you have been invited on because I've come across your work and I felt you were all articulate, intelligent. You had something to say. So, so I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I would have gladly died. I live for the people of Spira, and would have gladly died for them, but no more. The final summoning is a false tradition that should be thrown away. No, it is our only hope. Your father sacrificed himself to give that hope to the people, so they would forget sorrow. Wrong. My father... My father wanted... To make Spiro's sorrow go away, not just cover it up with lies. Sorrow cannot be abolished. It is meaningless to try. My father, I loved him. So I, I will live with my sorrow. I will live my own life. I will defeat sorrow in his place. I will stand my ground and be strong. I don't know when it will be, but someday... I will do it without false hope. 